Adam Cravens, and Jane Ellen watch more movies each month than most people do in a year. Parental Guidance suggested reviews new movies in theaters with no spoilers promise. These film nerds know their stuff. Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And due to the fact that theaters are not open, and will they ever? Well, I'm sure they will ever, but even even at the point that everything else is opening, they've, uh, or at least the two big ones, AMC and Regal, have said they're not going to open theaters until movie studios start putting in new material. Mm-hmm. So I think it, at best, I want to say it's uh, Tenant and Mulan are supposed to be released in July. That's what I'd hoid. So, I mean, at, at, at the earliest, that looks like when you're going to start seeing theaters opening again. And even at that point, I mean, if we're still having to be, you know, socially distanced, you know, keeping, maintaining a certain distance apart, you can't really pack a theater the way that right. you use. So, I mean, there there are going to have to be like different, like maybe, you know, instead of, and at this point, like this is also the first time you haven't had a movie be released, you know, every, every other week or every week. So I would imagine Mulan and Tennant are going to get a pretty good deal of those theaters. So Tennant is about David Tennant's life? No. Oh. No. Because I would watch that. It's Christopher Nolan. So you oh. know at the bare minimum it's going to be interesting. Yes. I do yes. not believe Batman shows up at any point. Is uh, it filmed backwards? Um, you know, there's a, you know. You is re- David Tennant in it? I don't think so, but that, that really would have. Hmm. Been too on the nose, I think. Yeah, I guess. Casting tenant in tenant. But still. I mean, that's good. That's at least good for the I mean, if I were him, I would have showed up and gone, I'm here. Um, <laughs> I haven't written a biography. I don't know who authorized this, but, but I'm here. let's get it done. Exactly. You know, I had forgotten that David Tennant was in a Harry Potter film. Yeah, the fourth one, I believe, uh, Goblet of Fire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just flipped my mind. Barty Crouch. i throw that in there. Junior. And, uh, oh, so what I was going to say, and I will say now, when theaters open again, I have to say a silver lining because of social distancing. I wouldn't mind going to a theater knowing that you cannot be closer than six feet to me in every direction. Well, I mean, as I've discussed, discussed with you before, I often pick times to go to the theater to socially distance myself. And this is before it was cool. Yeah. Uh, Except now, that lady who talks to you, you and, and usually works would out get for you. within six feet of me, and I'm just like, we're in a 300 seat theater. There are literally 299 spots you could have picked, and let's say five or six of those seats you shouldn't have picked. What were the chances you picked those seats? 115 percent, as the as the yeah, case was, pretty much. Anyway, what what is the brouhaha about the theaters? Was it not some of the film companies saying, well, we're just going to release our new stuff on our streaming, and we're still making money off of that? What did AMC say? Oh, in your eye. What? It, it was, I believe, you're not, you're not that far off. Like, <laughs> um, uh, basic, like, I, it seems like they've basically kind of drawn lines in the sand, and I can't imagine that one of them doesn't back down from what they are, they're saying at this point about the, uh, uh, was it Trolls? Yes. Was released uh, VOD. And made money. It actually made a significant amount of money. Oh, really? 
Yeah. So, I still haven't seen it. Well, I mean, I, I haven't either, but at, what is it? I just don't care. Like $19 a rental? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I imagine they did do a good deal of business, and it's not like anybody else can go. I mean, it, it's like the ratings for shows when there was only three channels mm-hmm. on the television. Yeah, they, they were huge. And basically, Universal said, whenever we come out of this, um, we're going to look at doing, you know, maybe some day and date on the two things. And AMC was like, really? Because we're not going to show your your movies in our theaters if you do that. <laughs> Which, I mean, is bad for Universal. But on the flip side of it, like, you, you also have Jurassic World 3 coming down the pipeline. And I'm just sitting there going, I really can't imagine a world where the two biggest theater chains because regal also backed in and said we won't show them either if they do that Mm -hmm. i can't imagine a world where a jurassic park sequel does not go to theaters regal's like the the peter laurie characters or the yeah (laughs) yes boss yes we won't do that either (laughs) but it like i was just sitting there going there's it a jurassic world i really feel peter laurie i feel is too large a film to it does need to be seen large it's not it, it's not a a video straight to video or a video on demand first title like it just it, it's not like the first the very first film in the series was at one point the highest grossing film of all time like i, I rewatched it just the other day i understand everybody's upset and theaters kind of feel like they're being violated a little but i mean honest to goodness like it just Everyone loses in that scenario. Like, it feels like they're very angry, mm-hmm. and they're just, they're your neighbors that are a little bit drunk, and they're screaming at each other, like, on their lawn, and you're nice. just like, well, all of that. It, you don't think any of that, some of that is hyperbole? Um, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I guess so. I, I think right now, like, they're, they're both saying things that they're ultimately they're going to have to... Right kind of backpedal on because like i said jurassic world goes to theaters and i can't imagine that regal and amc don't want a piece of that now not that they wouldn't make the next jurassic world but the story is what Uh, dinosaurs go haywire and people get eaten Hmm. okay Um, Uh, well blue survives do they end up in san diego is what i want to know well i mean at the point that we left on the last one dinosaurs had made it to the mainland so I'm assuming that's where it takes place. Okay. But I also... Dinosaurs. I, you know, I, I would have also assumed after Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3, they'd be like, we shouldn't open a park. At some point, these they will eat people. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Uh, sadly, the, the guy that flew the helicopter, the CEO of Jurassic World, that guy, that Indian actor, yeah. he passed away recently. I did see yeah, that. He, yeah, it was not from the virus he had. A very rare brain disease, which was discovered and then not able to I want to, to say a couple, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's like, oh, so bummed. Yeah. I loved him in that one role that I knew him from. But apparently he was in many other roles and things I don't know him from. But I just really enjoy that character. Well, I mean, your high profile, you know, stuff is, is going to be what, you know, most people... You, you've, yes. got, you've got deep cuts and then, you know, you, you've got... Movies that make a billion dollars. Yes. So, and I have to share this with you, even though we still haven't gotten to the movie we're going to talk about. It's just so fresh on my mind. I was watching Hello, Dolly! with Barbara Streisand, a movie near and dear to my heart. And some people 
who were in it became huge, huge stars, or already were huge, like she was a huge star then. And then some, I always thought, huh, I wonder what happened to them. And then I realized, as this is on, I have a tiny computer right next to me. Why don't I look up what happened to the guy that played Barnaby? Yeah, he was stabbed a hundred times in 1977 and is dead. What? What? Well, that, that's not how most stories end. No. Mind blown. And now I'm just like, because he, he re- next to Barbara Streisand and all, he was probably my favorite. He's the exuberant, shorter one of Barnaby and Cornelius. Well, Barnaby, but the other one's Michael Crawford, who went on to be Phantom of the Opera, like right. the original Phantom. The other guy, the super, super exuberant dancer, horrible death. And the guy that killed him, I think only served two years, maybe four. Would the plural of that be phantoms of the opera or phantom of the operas or phantoms? You it's like def- fathers in pluralize attorneys, attorneys general. general. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. All right, just sure. <laughs> learn something today. Phantoms of the opera. Case. Yeah, I just, I was just so appalled and upset. And Anna Grace said, "Way to bring down the room, Mom." Like I, I wasn't expecting to find this. I was expecting to see, you know, opened a dance school in New Jersey and so on and so forth. Anyway, I digress. We have taken the opportunity, since theaters are not open, to not only discuss our favorites and revisit them time and time again, as we do anyway, but to bring up films that we think you should see, that you should spend time with. So now, before we get into that, a good time to say that Parental Guidance Suggested is brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry, Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about The Princess Bride. This is one that more than likely you probably saw on video. Probably. Or maybe you saw it in the theater with your boyfriend. Well, I, I didn't see it with my boyfriend. I did. Uh, but I'm saying this, this is a, a lot of the other films that we've discussed, you know, they made, you know, two, three hundred million dollars mm-hmm. on their initial runs. Like they set box office records. Comparatively, Princess Bride had a very modest box office. And I'm not I'm not saying like it didn't make money, but like it wasn't the success that Jaws was or Back mm-hmm. to the Future or Ghostbusters or Singing in the Rain. Um it found a new life, I I think. Uh and, and I would I'd be willing to wager it's even made most of its money through its either rentals, like video sales, DVD Probably. sales, so on and so forth. Because that's the first place that I remember like seeing it and I mean, if you miss that smaller window, like in the 80s, then I, I don't know that it's had a, it hasn't had like a, a like via Star Wars, like special edition it just release did, or, oh, actually. it did? Um, it they, came they out in, in the fall of 87. Now, and does someone shoot first in that version? The fall of 87, and it, it cost about $16 million to make, and it made $30.9 so it doubled, not bad. How very convenient that it did that. And it, it was what you would certainly call modest. However, the critics loved it. People who saw it love it. Siskel and Ebert loved it. And then, and then the cult classic stuff. So in a way, it's more of a modern version of It's a Wonderful Life. That didn't make it so great when it first came out, but because it was on TV all the time, at Christmas. 
And do you know why it was on so much at Christmas? I do, but tell me the story. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Apparently, um, someone forgot to renew its copyright. Mm Mm-hmm. And because of that, it, it it's basically like slipping into public domain. So you could show It's a Wonderful Life around the holidays, and you're not paying anybody anything. Wow. So really, the the newfound interest and the love that most people have for that movie was probably created just by essentially an accounting error. Like, the they, they started showing it. They're like, eh, it's... Christmassy. Well, go ahead and throw this thing on there. Yeah. We don't have to pay anything. Yeah. Just keep. Just wear it out. It's fine. You'll find this of interest. I know you will. I have always tried to encourage my children to make their own decisions, even if I have strong feelings about something, because I really want them to make their own decisions. And so their dad's favorite movie is It's a Wonderful Life. It is an exceptional film. It's a Capra film. It's got Jimmy Stewart. It has a lot going for it. And... Um, and I appreciate it for what it is. It is not my favorite film because I find it depressing. Well, and so, I mean, to be fair, it, it is about ultimately yes. suicide. Yes. And it just really depresses me. And so I do not find it a joy to revisit it. Now, it ultimately everything works yes, out. Yes, it does. But, but I mean, at one point, like they talk about, it's like, oh, well, you weren't there. So your brother drowned. Yeah, it's just and, too and much for me. You've got him trying to kill himself, and then you see all these terrible things mm-hmm. that happened to his family because he wasn't there. Um, and really, it it's just kind of a downer. And uh, his wife uh, is not his wife and ended up having to wear glasses because he wasn't around. You noticed that, huh? I, She's I, a librarian. Oh, she looks exactly the same. She's wearing glasses. So, oh, bad so for he, her. he... Corrected her vision. <laughs> That's like, what I got out of it. I never. But anyway, I considered that. Wow. My yes. uh, my way children to, do not like to spend Christmas Eve watching that as a family because they find it depressing, and Jim is not happy about that because well, that's I mean, what he wants to watch. I mean, well, I I always want to watch Die Hard because oh well, we do. It is a Christmas movie, um, but I always get the argument, Adam, it's rated R, um, and the oldest is fourteen, and I'm like, yeah. but. but it's, it's not rated R for anything hard. much, really. I don't. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I have hard t- a hard time not completing it if somebody starts off the yippee kaye. Like, exactly. I have to. I have to actually stop myself. From, it's it's like the bit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where he does the shave and a haircut. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I feel. Like I become Roger Rabbit, and I just want to bust out and go two bits. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we do watch Die Hard as a family. As we should. It's it's the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Ever told. So, we digress. Princess Bride has has seeped into a certain age group because it was one of the good movies on video. Now, harking back to the days of video, not all of them were good movies. They just no. happened to be on video and you hadn't seen them. And you didn't have the internet to look it up on. And keep in mind as well, like, there was a point in time where, like, rental didn't exist. You didn't have home releases mm-hmm. of things. Like, you had warring formats. Like, you really only got to see them through reissue. Like, uh, a, 
a lot of the money that like the animated Disney films made over the years were because like it wasn't, oh, well, I'll wait six, eight months and I'll just I'll buy the DVD. Like, yeah, that, no, we're not going to let you do that because we're Disney. That that did not exist. Maybe your school had one of the film strips mm. and, and you got to see it that way. But there was a point in time where like there weren't home releases for anything. Like I remember it being a big deal that like my uncle owned E.T. Oh, and yeah. I got to see it and they had a VH, VHS player at their house, Jane, at their house. It not even like at school. It wasn't like part of the the AV area of it. They had it at their house. That's huge. You must have never wanted to leave. I uh, it, it's where I and they would record things uh. too onto VHS tapes. My oh, sister my just said to me in a conversation today, well, I have to go and see what I recorded last night. And I wanted to say, hello, 1992 called. What are you saying? Recorded. She still records things. And she, and she, she doesn't mean it in she no, didn't say she, it like a colloquial way. No, a DVR she actually type DVR'd of thing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she has not yet made it full circle. It's like, I don't understand what that means. You don't have to record it, Patty. It's always there. It is always there. Sorry. I would, I would almost think it would, it would actually be difficult to try to record something off a, I mean, depending I on what television you've got. It's like, always there. Do, do, do all of them even come with coaxial? I, I don't even know. Probably anyway, not. We're here to talk about a princess bride, which was based on a book and the fact that it only costs $16 million to make with all of the big names in it tells me how much loved. Maybe if the book wasn't much loved, they all wanted to work with Rob Reiner. And you threw in I Billy would, Crystal. I would say that's a, yeah. a a big one right there. There's a lot of directors that their films can't necessarily justify like a you know, $200, $100 million budget. But there's actors that will just come out and say, well, I want to work. With this director, or mm -hmm. like, oh wow, that they wrote this. Okay, well, I'd love to perform that. I mean, uh, Lady Killers. Tom Hanks just point blank said somebody was like, the script really wasn't up to par with that, and he's like, you know, I'm not here to judge that. He goes, but I kind of put it on my bucket list that I wanted to work with the Coen Brothers. You know, before I enjoyed that movie completely before I was you know out of the game, and he, he was like, I, I, I'm not going to say that you know I didn't care about the material, but like. I didn't care what it was as long as I got to work with those guys. And I would say, especially at that point, like, because Rob Reiner's a couple of way, years away from doing A Few Good Men. Mm -hmm. um, was it Mississippi Burning? He mm -hmm. did. He, he had a lot. I forget that he does serious movies. He had, oh, he did do, um, what is it? It's the Stephen King adaptation. Um, didn't he do Misery? Am I right? Oh about that? yeah, I think he did. I'm just like oh, he was. Yeah. He was he like was rolling. really onto it, like in the 80s, like early 90s. So I can imagine that, like when he did say, especially like a film like this, people were probably like, "Well, that's going to be interesting if it's if it's nothing else." So, if you're unfamiliar with it, you have Columbo reads a story to Wonder Years kid, and um. The oh, the the ex president of the United States is a princess. That's yeah. You're yep. All of that is is accurate. Yes, but the best part is Carol Kane, as it usually is. But uh, okay, no, it's Carrie Elway's in that outfit. 
Yeah, that's the best part. And he even did mention that masks were going to be popular. He did. He imagines that there everyone will be wearing them in the Speaking future. Speaking of, singers were all over the place. Right. I don't remember. Well, I do remember. I never was informed the high school male in particular who filmed my daughter who has an autoimmune thing who filmed her in February laughing at her and filmed her and posting it wherever. I never found out who it was, but you know what? I don't think he's laughing at people wearing masks now, is he? I would I would argue probably not, and if he is, he he's he's garnering the ire of Yes, and which now that I've reminded myself, I still want to find out who it was so I can just keep it in the back of my head going, hmm, <laughs> mask, huh? You laughed at my kid. Now look what happened. I bet you your mama's got a mask. Anyway. Look at, look at the landscape. <laughs> because that's what I do. I, I want to torment any teenager that says something awry to one of my children. You've, you've seen one too many queer Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I probably have too, so. So, A Princess Bride is you got this sick kid and his grandfather reads him a story and the kid's not interested, but he really is interested and it's wonderful and it has Andre the Giant and just... And I, you haven't mentioned him yet and I really feel like he's the kind of the <laughs> low-key MVP because every time he's on the Wallace screen... Shawn. Oh my goodness. The Grand Wallace Nagus Shawn. himself. Like, I just... Once you... You've heard Wallace Shawn's voice... You can't you know not. Him. You can't not hear it once. As soon as you hear him talking, doesn't matter if he's covered up in mm-hmm. in makeup. Like Wallace Shawn is instantly recognizable. And land war in Asia, just one of the classic blunders. <laughs> Inconceivable. So there's there's never been against quotable. a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's that it's easily, easily my favorite, That's my favorite scene, scene yes. in the movie. <laughs> like when he does the fake to him and he's like, mm, what's that over there? Oh, well, mm. uh, yes. Well, what were we doing? Uh, yes, let's. Oh, just so great. And like if for some reason that film was lost in a in a fire and we couldn't have any of but we managed to save that scene. I mean, I'd still be heartbroken because there's plenty, you know, my, uh, my name is Enigma Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared. That, that f- film is just it, like quotable in the way that Ghostbusters yes. is quotable. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> and one of my children is so-so about it. And I think she does it just to annoy me because I can't believe that someone I birthed does not totally love that movie. I mean, some of it, and, and you and I have discussed, you have to be careful how much you show your kids do like it, just yes. so yeah, yeah. just so they don't do it as a way to kind of rebel yeah. against their parents. I guess. Well, I mean, we she did pick out the um, Inigo Montoya magnet for the refrigerator, so at least she appreciates him. I don't know. It's It's beautiful. It's a fairy tale. It's funny, and it's... Everything a movie should be. It is one of those near-perfect films. And one of the things that makes it so perfect, and I I usually wouldn't say this about movies because you know how I like my long, long movies. But it is 98 minutes. None of it wasted. 
Well, I would also defy you to find me a comedy that goes well beyond the two-hour mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like if you're if you're going to be like Lawrence of Arabia, mm, or if if you're a Hobbit, um, and you're taking like jewelry to Mordor, um, I never doing... thought of it like that. Jewelry to Mordor. <laughs> that was the that was the original like. Uh, the original Morgan. title of the first book, but they were just like, uh, can, can, you, can you jazz it up a little? And he's well, like, oh, okay, fe- Fellowship of the Ring. And they're one, like, that's better. One does not simply take jewelry. <laughs> they don't. I need to return this. <laughs> Do you have your receipt? No. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so Princess Bride is something that truly any age, entire family can enjoy. I, I think you are, and like, I, I honestly can't even think of anything like inappropriate. Like in the like, sometimes you, you there there's those yeah. films you're like, well, don't watch it with your grandma, or I probably wouldn't show this to my youngest. I I can't think of. I mean, it's it's about as harmless as one of those like late seventies like. 60s movies mm-hmm. that starred Kurt Russell. Like I loved those. I'm just like it the you know what was it the computer, computer wore, wore tennis, tennis shoes. shoes. Yeah. He I'm was just saying, the computer, get it? Like the you know return to Witch Mountain like ah! I'm just like you really those those films like just that there was nothing offensive in them. No. They were fun. They were usually a, kind of a spectacle or interesting mm-hmm. to watch. That's kind of the way like in Disney as I recall didn't have anything to do with this, I want to say it was Castle Rock mm-hmm. produced it. Um, but it's in the same vein of like those 60s and 70s, before Disney owned everything and they made like original movies and they didn't just buy up a property, they had to come up with original ideas. I love original ideas. Um, this this almost fits, and now that I've said it, Disney is going to try to buy it. Yeah, probably. They're, they're in- there, there are some movies which I think are perfect examples of what they should be and i think this is one of them back to the future is another and we can talk about that another time we really we, I know, we will i will but um there's nothing wrong with this movie it's perfectly cast it's it's beautifully shot it has layers and I th- you would also mention like the length of it and you said it's kind of perfect and like within that as well like if the film like let's say it had have been two hours or 215 Mm-hmm. There would probably be some like fat to trim off that steak, but as it is, it's just it it is so mm-hmm. fast and quippy. Like you just you never get bored with it, and then the credits are rolling. Like have fun storming the castle. There there are very few movies that I remember leaving that I was just like I I need a sequel or I need to watch that again. Like instantly after, like the first. Men in Black comes into my mind because when I left that, I was like, oh, wow, that that was great. Like Mm -hmm. I now I didn't feel that way after the sequel. I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm full. That was and then I made you see the other one. Well, you know, I listen there. There there are things that have a multitude of sequels and not all sequels need to be made. That's true. But at the at the bare minimum, the first Men in Black was just that movie. It didn't overstay its welcome. It was very fast. It was funny. The chemistry worked mm-hmm. between like the two lead actors. Like it was just a fun, clever, quippy movie. In the same way, The Princess Bride, like I said, it just it moves along at such a quick pace. 
And although they've never done a sequel, now I I think the author of the the book mm-hmm. that it's based on wrote one, and I believe it's called Buttercup's Baby. At one point, they were pursuing filming or turning that into a sequel. Mm-hmm. But I think after a certain amount of time had passed, it wasn't one of those like uh, Oz the Great and Powerful or Mary Poppins mm-hmm. Returns where they're like, we're going to recast these roles. I think they understood one of the things that made the Princess Bride work is that cast. And like, yeah. uh, Carrie always is not a, he's not a boy. He is not boyish at all. No, but right he, now. Is, he is, he's perfect. He's just perfect. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not impugning him. But oh, I'm no, just but saying, for like, that, for yeah. that, for then, it's just perfect. And Mandy Patinkin's been solving crime on TV for years. And man, if you don't, he doesn't look anything like. No, he he actually looks like an angry dwarf. Hmm. Like if you were to shrink him down, he's got a beard he's, that's as tall as my six year old. Yeah. And and I'm not calling him fat. He's just. He's beefier. He's meatier looking. If, if you saw uh, Homeland at any mm-hmm. point during its run, um, he is the uh, Saul, I believe is his name on that. Um, Better call him. I, I absolutely did not make that connection really? until. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I knew his his name. You knew him from Yentl. But when I when I watched The Princess Bride, when I initially saw that movie, it, I, that wasn't when I could name off directors, producers, oh, and actors. You just that watched was your, it as a civilian. That was a yes. I oh, mean, you're you're not yeah. you're not wrong. And like, and Nigel Montoya, like that wasn't an actor. Like that was a that character just lived in my head. Mm-hmm. And I, I there was such a distance between the two of those. Like he had aged significantly enough. He is not playing a similar character to that. Like. He had, like you know, facial. I mean, honest to goodness, and it, it, he's not even like trying to do a voice similar to that. I completely had those two separated till I was just messing around on it was IMDb or something like that, and it said uh, like filmography, and I was like, wait, what was he in Princess Bride? And I just went, oh my, oh wow, that wow. I I had no, my brain didn't automate. Did your brain know that? The um, the six fingered man was also in Spinal Tap. Yeah, I had made a for what that one just eluded me. It escaped me. Like I think it was because there's just there's nothing auditory about it that makes me draw back to that. He doesn't really even look like that guy anymore. And it just that was a piece of my childhood. And I I think I watched the first maybe the first season of Homeland when Mm -hmm. it came out. And that really, like, Homeland is not a a childhood, like, fantasy full of innocence. Like, it's something very different. So, like, it didn't even occur to me to, like, to pull from that area of my brain. Wow. And so this was just recently, you realized? No, that? this was back when Homeland first. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you said a, that part. And 2000, maybe 2008, 2009. Maybe it was later than that. I want to say maybe 20, 2011, 2012. But I... Like I said, I, I started watching that show, and I'm just like, and whenever I do that, I get interested in. Yeah, I'm like, well, what is cast. what does this person do? And then like I clicked that, and that's when I was just like, oh wow, I finally made a trip down the rabbit hole, and I didn't know all of it. It's fun to not know everything sometimes, know. and especially get a really nice surprise. And that was one I was just like, oh wow. Unlike the surprise I got when I went down the Hello Dolly rabbit hole. 
Well, well I mean, like I said, there's that's the reason why we don't climb down every rabbit hole that we see. That's or you sure. shouldn't. Anyway, that's it. Princess Bride. We love it. I mean, we love it. Multiple thumbs up. Love it. And if you've only seen it once, I beg of you to watch it again. I mean, again, just the the quotability mm-hmm. of this movie, if nothing, like a, a film that I also find infinitely quotable, Ghostbusters. I would put it on the level of quotability with that. And like Ghostbusters is something that I use on a daily basis in reference to. There is a, a, a clothing line that I thought was just some odd name. And I used to walk by it in a store and went, as you wish. That's an interesting name. As you wish. Oh, as you it's as you wish. As you wish. Anyway, uh, rodents of unusual size. The end. Thank you for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.